Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Ben Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. How's it going? Mouthful of delicious New Zealand treats. Happy Chew. Yeah, we held them off through the first recording of this session, but uh, there was no way we we're going to make it through both. Also joining us, uh, director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Burr. Greetings. Yes, all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Man, watching someone else eat treats you don't have. It's rough. Delicious. <laughs> Matt and I are standing in solidarity with you, Lee. I yeah, mean, certainly not that I already had some. We're standing in solidarity <laughs> with you, like, right now. Not as much five minutes ago. Right, right, but right, right. very strongly in this present <laughs> moment. That's fair. Why do we always have to dwell on the past, Lee? Well, we uh, we do have a lot to get to uh, this this week. We have many wonderful questions. It's... Uh, we're continuing. We'll have another uh, fantastic Christmas tune for the people at the end. Oh. But I think we have to start with a sin emergency. Ooh. Oh. And there's a some sin emergency? In the orbit of this here show, so-called superfans, alleged superfans, people who know us personally, people who work with us, mm-hmm. who I am going to have to accuse the very serious sin of podcast adultery. <gasps> oh, my God. Podultery, if you will. That's good. Adultery. Now, we've had some folks um, mention we had uh, Miss Kristen from down there in Tennessee where Lee is. We had Miss Tasha on, uh, on, on our, our uh, Thanksgiving celebration, even. Mention, you haven't listened to these other podcasts, and I just, I just don't like them as much as I like to say that. And I think they thought that we would take that as the compliment it's intended, like it's sure. better. But we had the same response these times. Other podcasts? Yes. Wow. At, at first I was confused because I didn't think there were other podcasts. Right, yes, absolutely. Well, I, I, I monitor your phone pretty clear, pretty carefully to make sure that you continue to think that. But uh, a lot of people are doing a little podcast cheating out there. Yeah, that's right. And what happens at the end? They always come home. Yeah, they come crawling <laughs> back. That's right. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that, and other than, you know, being... <laughs> Glenn has basically exploded a, uh, what do we got here? A perky nana. Perky nana. It's essentially inside out at this point. It's literally gushing across the table. It's not like a gusher style treat. So that's fun. There's just chocolate shrapnel mocking me. That's not a, that's not a color you find in nature. That's not the yellow of a banana. Let me tell you what right now. People... Listen to this podcast. Not anymore. They're going astray. Okay? Okay. Nobody that, understood that but us. They're saying, you know, basically I'm tuning into this podcast as like four monkeys going, you know. Well, nuts. this week, definitely. Okay. And they think any other podcast is bound to be better than this one. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what you find. You go to this other podcast, nobody's eating anything. They're not eating Candy from New Zealand and mm. giving reviews on the air the way we do. You know, they they have no fashion tips the way that we do. Why, in some cases, with a lot of these podcasts, nobody on there has a single beard. Yeah, that's sure. right. Wow. Uh, so uh, they're not covering serious emergencies. They don't have an underground bunker set up in case of a zombie apocalypse or a mole man uprising or all the inevitable disasters are likely to happen. Sure, in their studios. And this is the thing, 
they're not giving you the high powered stuff, right? Yeah. So here's what you do. You you experiment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look around, sure. you go astray. Yeah. You, you you wander off. And you say, uh, you know, I had it so good. Yeah, that's right. Uh in the words of that great social philosopher, uh you you done lost your good thing now. That's right. Wow. You know what I mean? That's right. You didn't and do you, the thing with the two initials. Did you forget which social philosopher that is? Yeah, well, I I remembered. It's actually BB King. So <laughs> okay, well that, uh, you know. that one just holds. Yeah, just uh, yeah. But here's what I'm saying: is uh, you come crawling back, sure. And now you want you you want to say, you know, to us, baby, take me back. You know, sure. You can blame it all on me. That's okay. And you're saying, what can I do to make this up to you? Yeah. Well, there's at first you would think nothing. Sure. But here's here's what you, one thing you can do. Tell me. Delicious treats. Yeah, mm. that's right. Like for example, send more Herky Nana. No, gonna have to disagree with that New one. New Zealand, because this uh, is delicious, and I had to lick it out of the wrapper. Yeah, this is also everywhere. It's also covering my face and my hands. And this is what I'm saying is, you know. There, there's a there's a way to make this thing right. Sure, sure absolutely. Not. I, I think it's a fine point now, but I do want to, and we don't we don't condone victim blaming on this podcast, in any way, shape, or form. It's not what we're about. Sure. You make your decisions, you stray. That's on you. But as providers of a service, I think it is incumbent on us to look at the situation and say, are there super fan needs that are going unmet mm. that are causing them to stray to these other areas of sure. podcastum. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking we can do our our kind of mini version of kind of other types of podcasts people might listen to. Oh, okay. So like um, Tasha mentioned that because she and Pete are into gardening. Okay. They, they listen to gardening podcasts sometimes. They have podcasts wow. about that. Sounds electrifying. Now, we don't know anything about gardening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You, you want to go through week. your podcast app and find the subjects of some of those? <laughs> no. <laughs> this week on Rose Wars. See? There we go. Because yeah. here's the thing. Here's what I'm thinking. Mm. Is we don't know a lot about most stuff. Right. But we're pretty good at podcasting at this point. Sure, yeah. So we don't know anything about gardening. No. No. But can we do our 30-second version totally. of Rose Wars? Yes. Can Gardening Jed take me inside the, the sting for this week on Rose Wars. This week on Rose Wars. This is an excellent rose. It's a fine specimen. What you see here, these are petals. Now you may be thinking as a listener, this is not <laughs> This is not a visual media, so we can't actually see them. Imagine really <laughs> succulent, wonderful, velvety rose petals. They're really Really superb. <laughs> okay, I think that I think that one made it. Okay, it's very rare that Jed breaks character. So. Seemed pretty warlike. To me. Yeah, that one. That one. That one took him pretty far. I, Lee I feel has, like one of the one of the things that occurs to me on this is that for uh, you know podcasting philandery is that mm. you really have to watch out who you're hanging out with okay. because you're you're if if you got friends that are. You know, they're, they're, they're talking to you, you're trying to talk to them about the say that, and then they come to you and they say, you know, I, uh, I, I heard a podcast you might be interested in. That's where you need to break off that relationship right there. Don't let them finish the sentence. You need to have an accountability partner. 
the whole thing. Yeah. Because these are friends that, you know, at first it all seems really, it all, it all seems really innocent. They get you on kind of a, you know, it's like, they tell you it's like world news or something like that. They get you that, but that's a gateway podcast. That's, that's right. right. You know, that's, and bef- that's before long you're, you're on, you're on different, uh, you know, uh, write in, uh, panel shows, you know, Christian wisdom, counseling, that kind of stuff. And you've forgotten all about your friends at Say That who, uh, you know, we're, we're really we're, we're really laying it on, on the line for you. So you got to have an accountability partner. you got to uh, watch out who you're hanging out with, and you've got to avoid Gateway Podcast. Sure. Now, I, I, uh, for, for a moment there, I worry that us saying you can't have other friends is a little culty, but <laughs> right. I think we're already pretty far down that road, to be fair. They're not your real friends. <laughs> <laughs> Superfan robes coming soon. Yeah. Now, now, Glenn, I know you're, you're a big podcast consumer, and yeah. one of the, the big uh, podcast genres is celebrity interview. Right, right, right. So right. where we we have and we have interviews on this show from time sure, to time. Yeah. Not that anyone cares, apparently. Apparently, mm-hmm. but I think that we can break down a lot of these interviews because mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of it's the same stuff on a WTF or whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. maybe if you could give us the because uh, the thirty minute thirty second condensed version of what people would hear on that podcast, so that they can just listen to this podcast instead. Right. Uh, I think uh, uh, it, it would be. Uh... Something along the lines of, well, you know, uh, we uh, we decided let's let's do an extra take, and it turns out that was that was the magic one that you saw on the show, and uh, that's just how you have to do it if you want to uh, have a really good show. Wow. Is it awesome being famous? Is it great? Being famous is great. Sometimes it's a terrible, terrible, terrible burden. But mostly it's awesome, though, right? Uh, but mostly uh, it's tough because, like, you have to pick out the expensive clothes that you wear, and that can be a burden. Hmm. But uh, you know, but you have to you have to try and handle it. Thanks for joining us here on the Save That WTF segment that doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. Right. Sure. Right. Willing to fellowship. <laughs> um, I, no, I think it's great. I right. think that also now now you got famous by accident, right? You were just being amazing somewhere, and someone came along and said, I insist that you be rich and famous. And your publicist is behind me telling me that that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it happened. I didn't work my behind off through years and years and years of crushing failure. Never fi- never hired a publicist. Never hired a publicist. Never got a major corporation to put millions of dollars into promoting yeah, you. Yeah, there, there, there isn't a person behind every news article you read about me. It's just they think I'm awesome. Oh, cool. So if I'm awesome, I could probably just be randomly famous too one day? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's reassuring. Yeah. Uh, well, let me put something else in here that sure. people maybe they're they're going and looking at other things because you know, like we sometimes we poke a little bit of fun at the old thing we like to call the mega church. Indeed. Yeah, now, when you when I use the word mega church, you think it's because it's mega awesome. Well, no. Ah, just big, just big. That's all. Uh, and uh, so you say, well, you know, what's what's to make fun of? Well, sometimes they have laser beams. Mm. You think, well, that sounds made up. Well, it's uh, it's actually not. Yeah, no, they they've got them. <laughs> Wasn't uh, cheap either, right? So uh, I think we ought to get laser beams. Totally. So yes, we could put them on. Well, once the again, being that it's an audio medium, um, hey guys, we have laser beams. Wow, done. There, you could just hear the laser beams right. shooting through the air. That's how that. lasers work. That's how yeah. you know they're laser beams. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a fake laser beam wouldn't make any sound, obviously. If, you, if you've seen Star Wars, you know that much. Pew, sure. Pew. Okay. So, uh, so now we can put on the on the on the internet, say that now with lasers powered yeah. by lasers. That's right. And then people are like, "Whoa, I got to I got to check that out." Yeah. That's that's how you tell where the good spiritual feeding comes from. Yeah, that's right. Is from the laser beam. I like sure, it. absolutely. Um, another, and I don't think any of us indulge in this, but a very, very popular podcast on right now is A True Crime. Okay. So you got your, uh, there's a very popular show called My Favorite Murder. That's literally the name of it. Okay. Wow. It's a comedy show. Okay. Uh, you, got, and you got your serial and stuff and kind of, and so this is one of those. So I'll, first I'll do my, uh, uh, the 10 second rendition of the kind of true crime serial killer podcast. Please. Be afraid. <laughs> it's horrible. Okay, wow. so that's that. Okay. Um, but th- also, I did realize that we have we have crime stories. Sure. Yes. We have delightful crime stories. Yeah. And Glenn, there's one I'd like to request from you, and I think people okay. enjoy. This is a story about a fellow who considered himself the Roadrunner. <laughs> and I think what people don't get enough of on true crime reporting is the hilarious side of crime. <laughs> this, this is our good buddy. Uh, 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 his, his It's not his real name, but... Uh, the name that we knew him by was Rocco. And you get a, a certain picture in your mind when I say he's Rocco. This is that guy. Sure. <laughs> and uh, just, I absolutely loved him as a dude. He just, I, I saw eye to eye with, with him on just about everything. And uh, he was he was up, uh, he had a court case that was pending. He was out on uh, bond. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, uh, praying about how that court case would play out. And he was coming up for sentencing. And every time I saw him, he'd say, man, you got to pray that I get uh, boot camp. And for those who are not familiar, you can be sentenced instead of going to prison. You can go to what is pretty similar to a military-style boot camp. And they make you run laps and do push-ups and all this. And you get, like, little promotions and you get to wear different different little outfits and uniforms and stuff the general idea is it's far more intense than being just in a lockup but you're there for yeah. less time that's exactly right yeah they that's much more intensive rehabilitation of your, your your moral character there but it's a lot shorter in some cases they give you uh, money for college for a little little bit of money and it works uh, incredibly well scientifically oh, yeah. proven uh, we don't fund it anymore that's right yeah it's 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 one of the cheapest and most effective ideas and you can't get anybody excited about it. Go figure. Anyway, Rocco was eligible for boot camp, wanted boot camp. This would be amazing. But it was and a just, long shot. You guys, you got to pray for it. I mean, just whatever you can do, please. And so we did. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Lord, you know, get this guy into that boot camp. I think it would really help him, really turn him around. It would be the perfect fit. He goes to court. The judge looks at his case, and Rocco says, "Your Honor, I really am hoping I can do boot camp on this, and I, I, it, I, it's my fervent prayer, and I think it would be very effective, and I, I would, I would apply myself, and it'd be great." And the judge says, "You know what? Okay, boot camp it is. Boot camp it is. Report here to, at the courthouse tomorrow morning at nine a.m. The bus will pick you up and take you to boot camp." And he said, oh, thank you, Judge. Thank you. Thank you. Went home and uh, then left town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because he didn't show up for the court date, then he had to do the time instead. This Plus was a little bit. This was six months of boot camp or six years in jail. Uh, wow. So the six years kicked in, and they found him. 
and because they always do they always do and they put him in jail for the six years after the six years he, he came out <laughs> found me and uh i said rocco my man <laughs> what happened there <laughs> kind of fumbled at the two-yard line there rocco yeah and uh and i i said uh you know i thought we prayed out we prayed about it, it worked out and then uh what happened he says well, like he said, well, you know that uh, cartoon uh, Road Runner, and you got the Wiley e. Coyote. He says, "Well, I'm the Road Runner. <laughs> you know, I don't just show up at a place and they catch me." <laughs> so I believe the I, line is you were says, "You got to chase me." Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to catch me. I can't, I can't just show up and then you got me. That was just there was no possible <laughs> way. <laughs> so you know. And, and you know that, and the next words out of his mouth were, "You know, I, I, I think I learned my lesson on that, and I'm, I'm done with that now." You know, I just had to get out of my system. Like, okay, it seems like the long way around, but yeah, there's, sure. there's your crime right there. Yeah, that's, that was true crime. Yeah, we can, we can be on that chart now. Yep. We got. I'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll lightning round. I'll lightning round a few of these just popular genres. I want people to be able to check off the list. No, I got excellent to say that podcast. Uh, business. Uh, if you don't, if you didn't start with a billion dollars, you're not going to make any money. Yep. Um, yeah. We've got uh, arts and entertainment. How do you do a podcast about that? Art. It's art. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And again, this is something I'm into. Not a lot of people are into, but it's it's a niche. There's a surprising amount of wrestling podcasts because you can do mm. that. Let me sign up for you. WrestleMania. Pretty good. Way too long. And the last 20 minutes of it were essentially elder abuse because there was a 50, a 32 year old former NFL player beating the living tar out of a 55 year old man. So that got uncomfortable. Okay. okay. That's a joke for literally one person, my buddy Justin, but he's going to enjoy it. And okay. uh, I think we'll close that because this is the biggest genre. I think we got to do that. And uh, if we can give the uh, five second version of news podcast. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And it got worse from there. Yeah. So okay. I think you can get all your podcast needs met right here on the Say That Podcast. You're welcome. You don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> Ever. You'll be with us forever. <laughs> Leave a <And> review. <laughs> An everlasting review. Um, so if if you... Uh, here's one thing we're sure of. Nobody can commit bridge box adultery. Because yes! we're the only bridge box. Oh. You can, we're, the, we're the only game in town if you want a bridge box. And that's $8 a month for sermons, songs, all sorts of... Good stuff based around the topic, Bible studies and whatnot. And uh, Jed, we, we recorded it so long ago. December 2017's topic would be... How do I build a church family? Oh, excellent stuff. I, I was there. Yes. We did that. I, it all went very nicely. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. You want to check out what that's all about. It may be signed up. All right. We're going to jump to our first question here. If you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways to get in touch with this. Um, the first question comes in to the Uncle Glenn blog. Mm. It is very popular. Oh, that's nice to hear. I've heard that. It's, I've heard that. Mostly from Glenn, but I hear it a lot. It's quite popular. What does it mean to hear things? <laughs> <laughs> See, once he did What's a Blog, we all wonder where's he going to go now. Right. Yeah. But I like that. I like What's that. It mean to hear all right. Our next question to Glenn's blog was very good, and I think it applied to podcasts. The person says, In Bible study, I came across Matthew 5, 19 to 20. As I read this, I interpret it as Jesus telling us to obey the Old Testament law. Can you help clarify this passage for me? I have a tendency to be drawn towards legalism, which I'm trying to unlearn, but I also know that I don't want to disobey what the Word says. And Glenn, since you, uh, you did handle this on the blog, why don't you start us off? Well, yeah, there's two, I suppose, two key things to be, that are being said in those verses. One is uh, that you're supposed to follow all the instructions in Scripture. And the second is that your righteousness must exceed that of 
the Pharisees in order to, uh, to enter heaven. Uh, so there's two different ways of looking at that. One is do all the stuff in the Old Testament because that's an instruction that's in the Bible. So, uh, you know, find a, find a sheep that you can kill. And tend to it. And, and, and uh, do not wear garments that have uh, more than one kind of reeve in them. And uh, Cotton poly blends are out. That's right. So, no cheeseburgers. That's right. So, uh, it, you know, you, you, we could do that. Um, uh, and uh, we could, uh, we, we could uh, be pretty silly with that. And we could try to be even more legalistic than the Pharisees were. <laughs> Uh, that's that's one thing that might be telling you. You already suspect that's not in any way what it's telling you, and you're absolutely right. Um, the the one word I, I gave a bunch of Bible verses in that blog post, and I want you to go back and take uh, take a look at those and read those verses for yourself. Look them up in your Bible. Don't even you know just go by what I'm quoting there. Read all the stuff around it. Give it a sense of context. Um, we want you to check on these things and learn these things for yourself, but. Uh, in that post, I introduce one simple vocabulary word, and that's covenant. And a covenant is just an agreement with a promise. You know, you a marriage is a covenant where you say, "I, I promise to have and to hold," and so on and so forth. Uh, you're you're agreeing to to have a, um, a life together, and you promise to behave a certain kind of way. Uh, God has covenants with us, and what you're referring to uh, with the Old Testament law was the law the 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 the, the, the covenant that involved obeying the law. This is uh, uh, you know, what the Old Testament really is all about. Uh, that idea was, here's the law, you obey that, then you're on good terms with God. Uh, here's what happened with that covenant. Everyone broke it. Huh. Sure. So that didn't work. Hence all the dead sheep. Yeah. Uh, we, we might note that that may have been the point of that exercise to recognize you cannot behave your way into <laughs> yeah. a good relationship with God. But I you know. think the point was you need to try harder. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, but in the Old Testament, it says very clearly, I will establish a new covenant. And mm-hmm. that new covenant will involve uh, a, a, a Messiah, a figure that will come, and that person will establish a new covenant. And that new covenant will involve a complete fulfilling of the Old Testament covenant, the covenant of the law. In the law, you had to sacrifice an animal. You take the sins off of you, put it on the animal, you kill the animal, and that gets rid of the sin. You're, you're making a sacrifice of something that means something to you, uh, resources you would otherwise have. This is a, a sheep without any blemishes and so on and so forth. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Jesus becomes the lamb of sacrifice for all people for all time. So he fulfills all of that Old Testament law, and then we are no longer under the old, old Covenant. We're in a new covenant. Every single time you've ever taken communion, someone has read a verse that says, this is the new covenant in my blood, and that's what that means. And Jesus is saying, my blood is being shed to fulfill an old covenant and to establish a new covenant. Uh, the new covenant is this. We know, uh, as the Bible says, we no longer serve in the old way of the written code. We serve in the new way of the Spirit. That mm-hmm. means you don't get to just have a book and obey the snot out of it in parts, <laughs> ignore other parts of it, and say, I'm super huh. holy. 
You do whatever God tells you to do, and that means you have a personal relationship with him. He works in your conscience. He speaks to you. He, he speaks to you through other people. And yes, he speaks to us, of course, through Scripture. We combine all these things to determine what God's will is, but we're led by the Holy Spirit now, and that's, that's the new covenant. Uh, we are saved by faith through having that relationship with him. So there's no way to behave your way into a good relationship with God, and as it turns out, that covenant's over, so why would you even try that? Uh, that's not being uh, offered up. You, you think, well, that's too bad because I, I think I'm super straight and I'm super wonderful. I think I could really do something there. Yeah, uh, 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 too bad because uh, Jesus came, uh, as he said specifically, he, uh, he said, I came for sinners. So if right. you're a sinner like me, that's Yay. a pretty good deal. It's a good religion <laughs> if you happen to be a sinner. Uh, if you're a super straight person, that's great. One last thing before I kick it around to these other fellows, and they're going to explore it some more. Let me tell you something about legalistic people, because you're saying you feel drawn towards it, and we understand that. You know, I think there's an, a, a certain drive to say, I want to take this to the max. I want to do it to the fullest. And legalism seems to offer a way to do that, because you follow a set of written instructions to the nth degree, and then you're perfectly holy. Except for that's not in any way how holiness works. Holiness is in, is in following God as he leads you in specific things every day. Take up your cross daily and follow him as he gives you instructions. But also, that's not how legalism works. I would like to now explain <laughs> to you how legalism works. Oh. You take a small number of easily followable things, and you do the ever-loving snot out of those things, and then you ignore this giant chunk of super important stuff that you just do away with. Also, the stuff that you do the snot out of is it, it, you specifically pick stuff that other people aren't doing mm. so that you can then lord it over them. Of like, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm holier than you are on this thing. I, did, I gave more of a tithe. I didn't do anything with Halloween because that's Satanism. I did this, you know, I did that. And that's your way of, of saying, I'm a better Christian. I win Christian, you lose, because I am following this. So it's, it's clearly designed to compete with someone else. That's what legalism is, is designed to do. So uh, Jesus talks about this very thing, and he says, you, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. Both gnats and camels are not kosher, according to the Old Testament. But he's saying, you pick these little things, and you, you, you make sure you don't, get a gnat in your drinking water and you strain it out because you're just so, you, you, you're really particular about the little things. But a big giant camel, well, you swallow that whole, as he says. You're doing the big <laughs> things wrong and you're getting the little things right in order to try and prove how holy you are. That's a great point. I also, I'm just going to float this out there. Old busted legalism, we don't do Halloween because, you know, new, exciting legalism, I'm going to get this started. Um, I don't do Arbor Day. Yeah, that's you know, right. Pagans worship trees. I'm just not really comfortable with that. That's really holy. I, I feel like I'm the first kind of anti-Arbor Day crusader, so I'm going right. to get out in front of that one. So you okay uh, with the Christmas tree, though? Sure. No, that's fine. Okay, with the druids and all that. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, okay. that's cool. Yeah, okay. no I like that one. You, it's sparkly. Yeah. It's <laughs> festive. <laughs> Put an angel on top. It's sure, all boom. Or a star, you know, one of the good stars. Um, and Jed, I'd love to go to you on this because um, there are... Glenn's starting us down a path, and I think it ties back to something in the question, which is a good impulse, but it's just it can be led in the wrong way when a person says, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to drift from legalism, but I also don't want to disobey Jesus. Sure. 
there's a problem with that. There is. And I think it ties back into getting caught up in legalism. Sure, absolutely. Well, the, the problem is that you are in a near constant state of disobeying God. Um, <laughs> like, just... Just all the time. I mean, you can, yeah. we can all do it without trying. It is our nature. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the Bible says if anyone knows the good he should do and does not do it, then he is in sin. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you know a lot of good that you're not doing, uh, that you should be doing. So that's sin. There, there you go. Plus, if you can dig it, you mentioned Matthew five nineteen to 20. If you read the stuff that comes in that same chapter immediately following that— Jesus is making the point, you are nowhere close to perfect obedience. Right. He's, he's, right. he's saying, you could say, I've never had sex with a woman who's not my wife, but you've lusted after plenty of them, haven't you? Same thing. You could say, I've never murdered anyone, but you've been angry with plenty of people, haven't you? Same thing. He's yeah. making the point, you are not close to having this obedience thing figured out. Not even a little bit. And here's the thing is, neither does anybody else. Mm. I am a sinner. If, if you're not sure, you, you should know. This is a podcast with four world-class sinners. Amen. Yeah. That's, it, that's it. it. That, that's what we got, man. Um, and if you could take it, that's actually all we've got on planet Earth. We, we, we actually have, have two kinds of people, sinners and people who lie about being sinners. Mm. That's it. That, that's all we've mm. got. You know, we, for all of us, um, we are the cleanup crew when churchy people mess up their lives. Um, so when they're afraid to uh, talk to their churchy friends, but they've made huge mistakes, they, they come to us. And here's the thing that's always what wears on them far more than just basic consequences of their actions is the shock that they are actually a sinner. That's it. Would you believe it? Could, who could have seen this coming? And it, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone paying attention, friend. But here's the thing about it is Christianity is a religion for sinners. Mm. It's not a religion for people that are good at church. It's not a religion for people that are good at following rules. It's a religion for sinners. If you don't think that you're much of a sinner, then you would probably be better served by a different religion. The bottom line. Pretty much any other one. Pretty much, because every other religion is for people who are not sinners. This is the one that is for screw-ups and, and, and knuckleheads. This is the other thing, though, is if you can't accept that you're a sinner, you will shipwreck your life. You need to know that. We have seen so many people make mistakes, and everybody makes mistakes, and they do really dumb stuff they shouldn't have done. That's not what wrecks their lives. What wrecks their lives are all of the decisions they make after to try and pretend that they're not the great big sinner that they are. Yeah. That's what wrecks their lives. There is so much freedom and peace and serenity to be found in saying, no, I'm a sinner. I'm a great, big, dyed-in-the-wool sinner. Here's the thing that I want you to know. God can handle the fact that you're a sinner. He knows. He's fully aware. (laughs) This is not breaking news. This is not breaking news. The only person who's unsure, and we know you're a sinner, the only person who's unsure if they're a sinner is you. The path to peace begins with the beginning of the sinner's prayer, God, I am a sinner. That doesn't mean that we want to just stay sinning willy-nilly, and we appreciate you don't want to do it, but you are a sinner. That's where you begin. That's where we all begin. And none of us actually grow past that this side of eternity. Mm. We want to grow to be more like Jesus. We want to figure out how to 
focus on the specific things he's asking us to focus on in our individual lives, but you were born a sinner, and on, and on this earth you will die a sinner. God can handle that, and you need to ask him for peace and courage so that you can handle that too. It's a fantastic point, and Leah, I'd love to get you to close us out on this. I think, we, I think we're doing very well to go on this path of looking at the things that, as, as Glenn started us on, that legalism claims to provide. Because everyone, even us who are uh, really revel in our sin, maybe to a point that's you know gets a little much sometimes, there are things about just do it hardcore that are appealing. That's an appealing idea. There's a reason that always catches purchase with large groups of people. And I think one of the things that um, letting go of legalism denies us, and I think you can speak to this well, is yeah, but I legalism lets me prove it. Yeah. Like people say, well, how Christian are you? you? Say super Christian. Let me get my charts. And yeah. there's, a, there's a scariness in letting go of that. So how do we deal with that? Yeah, that, and that's the whole thing, is, um, is that there's something inside me that wants to show I belong here. Um, uh, there's something inside me that, that wants to say, here's the reason that I am this thing that I am. Um, I, I can prove it to you. And I'm, I'm going to show you, and I'm going to do this thing on my own. As these guys are saying, the, this compulsion to, um, to, to do it to the max or whatever, this is, all of that stuff is chasing down the idea of, it, it's, it's the little kid who, who, who swings the baseball bat, gets the single um, in the Little League game, runs to first base, is safe on first base, and the first place they look is their dad. Um, are, are you clapping, Dad? Are you proud of me? Did, did I do that thing the, the way that you wanted me to? And the thing with, with Jesus is, um, and this is, this is the deal, is, is that, um, as these guys are saying, there is nobody, like Glenn was saying, there's nobody who's ever kept the Old Testament. Um, the, the only exception to that is Jesus, that he kept it perfectly. He was perfect. And his... And, and exactly as, as Glenn's saying, he's offering the new covenant, the new deal, which is I'll trade my record with yours. Um, and and that that is awesome. And as as Jed's saying, we're all gonna be we're all gonna be imperfect the the rest of the time. The the cool thing about this new deal that Glenn was talking about is it comes down to this: you don't have to prove anything to God, and and here's the really really cool thing, and you're not in trouble. Yes. And that yes. is such a huge thing. And if I could get my mind around that, that I I I don't have to make it to first base and then look at God and say, are are, are we cool now? Are we straight? Um Paul said that we have peace with God. Because mm-hmm. we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And what that means is you are not in trouble. You're not in trouble which means I can relax. I don't have to prove anything because proving stuff takes so much effort. It takes so much energy. And as Jed's saying, because because I'm going to be a sinful mess for the rest of the time, the only way I can possibly prove anything is if I lie and cover up. Mm -hmm. If I hide, then I can fool some people and maybe eventually fool myself. And here's the thing, that is the most convoluted, messed up person you will meet in your life, is the person that is straining and stressing to hide and cover up so that they can look a certain way. The truth is, I'm going to be a jacked up mess the whole time. And here's the really, really beautiful part of the good news. And it's why, it's, it's why, like Jed's saying, we, we, 
wind up picking up the, the you know the the broken pieces after people have been hurt by Christian culture. It's why people have so much fun talking to us is that the the good news is you're you're not in trouble. You're just not in trouble. Um, whatever it's been, whatever you've done, you're not in trouble. God always knew. He wasn't surprised. Psalm 139 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. There has I have never surprised God in the slightest. I'm not in trouble. And if I can accept that truth, then I can do the coolest thing, which is I can relax. Amen. And now we can have something new, which is we can have a relationship. Now, that's the coolest thing ever, because if anything's ever actually going to change in my life, I have to be honest, and I have to, I have to like hanging out with this dude that has the power to change me. If I, if I know I'm not in trouble, and I can accept who I am, as Jed's saying, then I can relax enough to actually have a relationship. And that's when real change can happen in my life, but not before that. If you want to do anything hardcore, do the honesty piece hardcore. Yes. And then, knowing that you're not in trouble, then say, uh, can we talk about why I did that thing? And can we talk about the results of, of it? Now, as Matt's saying, sometimes people like to go a little heavy-handed on, uh, on, you know, being honest about their sin. It's where it's almost like they're bragging about it or whatever. What I'm saying is, don't stop with being honest about the sin. Be honest with how it felt and what it did for you. Mm-hmm. Now we can really start to to make some changes because you you let Jesus into that process of why did I do that thing? What did it give me? Did it really give me anything, or what is it? Was it more confusing or more problematic for me in the long run? Now we can really start to get to the place where we can change. But we have to start with this good news: I'm not in trouble, and that allows me to relax and have that relationship. And that's what it was always about: was the relationship. A really, really great place to land that. Um, I will uh, say that, close out by saying that um, Glenn did answer this on the blog. If you want to find that, you can go to unclenglenn.com and check out his November 17th interviews when he takes mm. this down if you want to get those uh, verses and references. And we will move on to our next question here. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. This question says, How do you show graciousness and love to people who have vastly different personalities than you in a God-honoring way? I have a particular viewpoint on life and have a way that I like conversations to flow. Some other people may not feel the same way. They may have very strong personalities, know-it-alls, be loquacious, be overtly shy, whatever. I find myself withdrawing from group conversations and not really wanting to hang out with these people. Yet, How do we show Christ's love to these people? And Jed, I know it'd be hard for you to imagine having personality conflicts. And- sure. Uh, Robbins, because you're mainly universally beloved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but how do we how do we approach something like this? Well, I think generally speaking, it's fine to start with small, achievable goals. Yes. I mean, I think one of the things that that Christians kind of cause themselves trouble with is they say, "Well, this person and I don't get along very well. We don't see eye to eye. And we're just very, very different people." We should probably become the best friends in the world. <laughs> yeah. And that may not be realistic. That is that is certainly not uh, where we're going to start with all of this. So where do we start? Small achievable goals. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Find some common ground, something that you can talk to this person about, yeah. and talk to them for five minutes, and then excuse yourself. That's great! 
That's fantastic. You did it. You had a perfectly lovely, probably fairly shallow, that's fine, interaction that was five minutes long. That's great. That's fantastic. That is somewhere to begin. And you know what? If that's all it ever is, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. That is that is much better than never talking and seething at one another. So that's great. That's that's fantastic. We need to be honest. We're not going to have incredibly deep intimate relationships with every person at church. That's that's just not going to happen. And so it's perfectly fine. Again, small, achievable goals. When we find something we can talk about, we're going to talk about it for a couple minutes. And when it feels like the conversation is reaching its natural point of, well, I'll be seeing you. That's fine. That's lovely. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is one other thing that I think is worth looking at in your question. You say, I have a particular viewpoint on life and the way that I like conversations to flow. Now, other people, they have very strong personalities. Wrong personalities. The wrong personalities. <laughs> I, I don't know you. I don't, I don't know if this is true. But generally, when people say, hey, you know, I just have a very particular viewpoint on life. I have a way I things like, to, like things to be. Uh, are you saying that you're a jerk and that people don't like your jerkiness? Because... Uh, it sounds a little bit like that. All right. That's okay. We can all be a jerk sometimes. Sure, yeah. But here's the thing. And again, just just food for thought. At this point, when I ha- when I hear people say I have a particular view on things, so you know, not not everybody likes that. Do you mean you have a terrible, terrible view of things that probably has a strong political component that you feel a sense of shame about, <laughs> and you sense a lot of people wouldn't be down for it? Is that what you mean? Because that's what a lot of people mean these days when they say that. Jed, I, I just care about facts, not feelings. Let sure. Me tell you about all the things I'm angry and offended about. Sure. But since I'm angry and offended, those aren't feelings. Those are factings. Sure, sure, absolutely. That's <laughs> totally a word that you did not in any way just invent. Here's the thing. I, I, I think you, you owe it to yourself to ask yourself this. You say, I have a particular viewpoint and I have a way I like things to be. Seems to be causing me a lot of trouble interacting with other human members of the other people, other members of the human race, but I got it. Right. Here's the thing I want you to ask your viewpoint, the way you like things to be, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. Is that giving you anything? I mean, you've got, you've got what seems to be a fairly acidic, hard to relate to viewpoint on life. How married to this are you? <laughs> Do we want to relent? Maybe yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you feel a sense of shame of like other people wouldn't they probably wouldn't be down with what I'm down with if they knew I was down with, then don't be down with it. Right. What is yeah. wrong with you? Right. We we love you. Here's the thing. We we love you. We're glad that you wrote in. We want you to have a good life. If you're on some weird stuff that pisses off everybody who finds out about it, then turn loose of it. Mm-hmm. Look, we've yeah. we've all been there. We, yes. We've all been in into weird stuff. You don't have to stay on it. And you, for the love of all that is good, don't fall into the trap that that defines you. Yeah. Particularly, hear me now, if you're on some sort of political thing, because again, it sounds a lot like that, it's what you're describing, that's not who you are. Right, right, right. It's just not. I don't care what you've been into, that's not who you are. If it's not giving you good results in your life, if it's not bearing good fruit, then cut that tree down and move on. Yeah. Jed? I threw my blender into traffic for truth <laughs> and for patriotism. Okay. And I won't be looked down upon by the likes of you. Nor should you, sir. I'm Nor just an easygoing you. guy who threw his Cuisinart <laughs> off a freeway overpass 
because of some certain... Well, I didn't understand who the advertiser was that pulled off the thing. I got right. confused. Right. And I don't have a Keurig, but I just grabbed what was there. Right. Did yeah. I attempt to light my waffle iron on fire only to discover that it's made of iron yeah, and thus it's, very it's hard right to burn? the name, Chad. Yes, I did. <laughs> but for truth. Sure, but you got 47 retweets, so it was all <laughs> worth it. Well, I just can't. I can't get the image out of my head now of of Matt using a seven hundred dollar mixer in his apartment with the apron sure. and the and the full thing. <laughs> yeah, I had to sell my car, but you know, yeah. you have everybody like you budget your way and I'll budget mine. I have a very particular view on budgeting, and uh, but and not to let my nonsense undo all the very very good uh, groundwork Jed gave us there, and Lee, I think Jed very well covered the if there's something in your life that's. Uh, running everyone off, consider not that. Uh, but let's take it a different direction and let's look at some of the, if some of this really is just personality, just, just rubbing points, which we all have. And as Jed's, to Jed's point, you're bound to have those in the workplace and in, in kind of church. You're not as bound to have those with really good friends as much as with people you're kind of forced to interact with socially, which is fine. But how do we deal with that in the sense of just, you know, this may be a nice person, but I just don't really jive with them in a sense that um, I guess and, and, and factoring this idea that Jed brought up that it's okay to not go deep. Yeah. To not go deep with everyone is not to be unchristian towards them. So how do we factor all that in? Um, I think that's a great point. I, I love Jed's. I, I love the point Jed's making about not, not everybody has to be your best friend. That is super, super true. One thing that I think that we do often miss on something like this, and I know I do, um, on this is that I think a lot of us think that we're better actors than we are. Sure. And, uh, you should know that if, if there's somebody in your life that you're, that, you know, annoys you and stuff, everybody knows. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I've had many meetings with my wife where she's like, dude, you have got to dial back your ire when you're around. So, and so we all get it. <laughs> um, please rein it in. You're not a very good actor. And um, so one thing that you need to know is that w- uh, everybody knows. Um, and and that may be an issue for you. It may wind up being an issue if it's a person at work that you've got to work with and that kind of stuff. And so what do we do in that kind of situation? And one of the things is um, there's, there's a humility piece that needs to be entered into here where we realize that, um, and, and this is a, it's kind of a, it can be a tough pill to swallow, which is um, the people in my life put up with a lot to hang out with me. And, um, and we all have to put up with some stuff to be around each other from time yep. to time. Um, not that, you know, if you're in a good, close, long lasting relationship, it's important that you are able to openly talk about things that we need to work on and to make the teamwork work. Like we talked about in the last episode, but in a marriage or a super, super close working relationship or friendship relationship and that kind of stuff. But like just for society to roll, uh, at times we have to just put up with some stuff in, in yep. people. And, 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 and it's good for me to realize that people are putting up with stuff in me. Um, and yeah. that, that, there's a humility piece there that, that I, that I need, I need to accept. Um, and so uh, one of the things that, that occurs to me on this question is a lot of this has to do with respect. And what I mean by that is that if, um, if these exact same attributes were present in a person that you thought was the coolest person in the world and you met them, like your favorite actor or your favorite sports star or something like that, you wouldn't even notice. You, it, it wouldn't even occur to you. 
In fact, you would make excuses for him. You'd, 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 you'd push all that stuff aside just because you would think it was so cool that you got to hang out with fill in the blank. And I, and the reason I bring that up is that there's a there's kind of a there's kind of a, a, a rose colored glasses that we can put on when we have a lot of affection for somebody or we have a lot of respect for somebody. There's a verse in First Corinthians chapter fifteen that says, "We no longer view anybody from a worldly point of view." And Paul actually says, "We used to view Christ this way, but we don't do so anymore." And there's there's a, a there's some good elements in there just for kind of your normal everyday life of like, um, it would be really, really easy for me to take my view of the world and put that on everybody I see. Um, like, like you're saying in the question, I've got a way I like conversations to roll. I've got, you know, I want everybody in my life to be on time to everything. And I want everybody to have their shirts tucked in and the whole kind of thing. And, and what Paul's saying here is like, Hey, we don't really do that anymore. We don't hold everybody to, you know, to, you know, uh, standards nobody can meet and stuff like that. We want to look at people, uh, not only from a heavenly point of view, but, and you know, what they mean to the Lord, the, having the heart of Jesus for them. But we also want to look at people with a measure of grace. So there's some respect. There's kind of a mixture of respect, humility about yourself, and kind of grace that allows you in certain relationships that you can't just immediately get out of, but you have to work with a lot of times, they're going to help you kind of walk through relationships that you have to be in. That's a really, really sharp insight there. And Glenn, I think the, the last piece we're missing out of this conversation is the fact that, and you have a lot of experience with this, both uh, with the people we work with, with uh, people you interact with kind of for work stuff, um, is that you can really love someone, be dedicated to their best, want them to enjoy life, enjoy interaction with you, and be driven completely insane by them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes the, the fact that you do love them gets them kind of deeper into your orbit so they do drive you crazy or more likely to drive you crazy. And just as important to our question asker, you can communicate warmth and love to someone while just not wanting to squish their face. Sure. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, uh, most people drive me nuts. Sure, uh, I know I do. Uh, yeah, well, and I drive myself nuts, so why not? <laughs> uh, and I don't... I, I If someone were... A random person were to come up to me in my life and say, you know, sometimes you just... Man, you just irritate me. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, no, I know. I, I don't know what, you, but sure. Yeah, I would say, yeah, you know. No, that's, yeah, that, I, 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 I know that about myself. I'm working on it. What do you want? Um, but I think what that does is, um, I, if I could put it to you this way, um, I, I was uh, writing an email to a pastor. Uh, as you guys know, I work with uh, uh, pastors as part of my day job. Uh, this was several years ago. You, you know how you put the little... Uh, at the end of the end of the the letter, you put the little uh, the signature. Sal- oh yeah, the salutary, whatever. Yeah, you do the you know in Jesus' name, comma, and then put your name. Sure. You know, that yeah. kind of you put the and you got to make it real Christian. That's like totally. a, you know you, the most Christian thing, you, whatever it is. You know you you know just uh, you know praying for you always, comma. Sure. You know praying for you occasionally when I think of it, which isn't often. The, so I wrote this letter to this pastor who was just on my very last nerve, and it was me explaining it to him. And the, the little, the little uh, salutary part at the very end of the, the email was, you know I love you, but dang, comma, Glenn. Sure. And I remember hitting send on that and thinking, 
that's probably not the usual <laughs> kind of email this guy gets, you know, from other Christians. But I think that actually says a lot. You know, it says a lot to say to somebody, I love you, but dang, could you, uh, could you, uh, man, just <laughs> relent, would you please? You know, so if, if I could sort of take, you know, uh, Jeb was kind of uh, giving us, uh, you know, if you're an irritating person, here's how you recognize it. If I could take, if I, the opposite side of that equation, if you have somebody in your uh, small group that wants to keep talking uh, political things or just, you know, wants to keep banging the same drama, same irritating ideas that uh, we, and, and he's missed the fact that we all roll our eyes when he brings it up. He's missed that, you know, we, we just, whatever, don't want to hear about this anymore. Um, I think it's perfectly fine and lovely to pull that person aside, aside and say, you know, I love you, but dang, dude, dang, yeah. dang, dude, <laughs> I love you. So let's see, you know, but dang, because I love you, I want you around and I want you to participate. And I, and I'm hearing what you have to say about this. I've taken it in. I have fully rejected it. Sure. And I don't want to hear it ever again. We get it. The silver standard. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Dang, dude. We got it. All right. We all, we, you know. Uh, because I think part of the, what really festers these relationships is not that people are acting like a jerk and whatever. It's that a person acts like a jerk and they think you can't stand them. Yeah. Mm. But then you don't say it. Mm-hmm. So now they're wondering if you're talking about them behind their back. Mm. And usually you are. Sure. And then they're starting to think, well, is there a secret resentment that's growing against me and whatever? So the whole way to solve that is don't make it a secret. You you say, dude, I love you. Dang. Dang, man. You just, <laughs> you know, exactly as these other fellows are saying, if it's a smaller thing and you can let it go, let it go because this is how we're going to get along. But if it reaches a point, uh, make sure that you're expressing that love in equal measures to the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. I just need you to relent. I, I don't see those as exclusive to each other in any right. way. And I don't think you should either. The other little thing I want to toss in there right at the end is one of the things I find is, you know, there are, there are a lot of personalities I just don't click with. I'm, I'm a certain type of dude. If you're a different kind of person, I can respect that you're maybe a better person than I am, and that's why we're different, because I'm, I'm a scoundrel and you're not. And it's good for you to be your way, and it's bad for me to be my way, but you still irritate me, you know? Sure. I mean? So there are times when... I am irritated, and I say, well, that's a personality thing, so just tune it out, because you're, you're a certain type of person. And if, if this person doesn't like you, well, you're irritated. Okay. But what will happen with that sometimes is you're tuning out that irritation, and a behavior gets to the point where it's violating a boundary now. It's just getting to an extreme. But you aren't paying attention to that because you're tuning out those, those personality conflicts that you're having with the person. So it's always good to keep an eye on, you know, um, is this just an irritation or is this somebody who's, you know, if they're making a comment in the small group to the point where it's sabotaging the meeting and it's a distraction and it's just, if it's something that's reaching that level where you pull the guy aside and say, hey, look, sometimes we like to go on tangents and I get that, but um, this is a different kind of thing. You've got an agenda that's not what we're on. I love you, but dang, we can't do your uh, lecture series on things you think that are interesting in here. <laughs> That's not what's happening. 
that's not a lack of love for you. It's not a lack of respect for what you're saying. It's just we're not doing that here. You know. So uh, I think sometimes it's important to keep an eye on is this a boundary issue uh, because that can kind of sneak up on you and you, you're, you're, yeah. you're characterizing it as a personality conflict when it's really a violation of, of, of a boundary there. Mm. If you want to give your lecture series on random crap you think is interesting that no one else cares about, you go to seminary like everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our final question here. This one came in anonymously, and it says, I'd been seeing someone for a couple of months, and I fell really hard. We were spending a lot of time together, but the other day they were being really cold and broke things off over text, seemingly out of nowhere. I think they're dealing with things in their life unrelated to me, so I don't think it's something I'm supposed to take personally, and I want to be understanding and compassionate. I feel torn because I want them to understand how bizarrely hurtful it is to be on the receiving end of this, but I don't know if it's better to stop trying to reach out entirely and just hope they come around on their own. I've been praying and meditating on this, but any words of wisdom you guys have would be greatly appreciated, which we are happy to do. And uh, Lee, why don't you start us off? I'll say this. Um, for the folk, for the person who wrote in the question, we're sorry that this was your, that, that this was your day, the day that you had. Um, that really, really sucks. Um, breakups suck anyway, and they hurt no matter what happens when somebody ends something, especially when you fall hard. And, and it's cool that you can look at yourself and say that, you know, this, man, this is where I was. Uh, you know yourself and that's good. So uh, th- that breakup was going to suck in any case. But um, here's the deal. The way that this was handled m- monumentally made it suck more. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're in a place where you're ready to to hear this per se, but um, but uh, this is not you don't ever want to be here again. Um, in the sense of, um, let this be a uh, let this be an instructive thing when you when when you get to a place where you can look at back when you look look back at this and and you're ready to learn from it. Um, there are a lot of people in the world and, um, you don't want to just be ready to pick up this person's next text message to you because there's some unhealthy stuff going on here. And if you, um, just let yourself get back into that, then you become part of their, of her unhealthy thing. Um, and and what I'm saying to you is let this be the kind of deal where you realize the next relationship I'm in. I'm going to clearly communicate and clearly find out if the person that I'm with is the kind of person that has the maturity to not end something over a text message. This is not the way grown people handle their business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is the kind of conversation that we need to figure out. These are the kinds of things that I want to learn about the person that I'm going to fall for. Um, definitely, clearly... Uh, you you don't want to get back with with this person again when they decide that whatever they're on right now isn't working and they want to go back to you. Um, one that is there's a very high likelihood that that's going to happen, um, and um, and and you don't want any piece of it. But two, definitely let this be instructive over the kinds of conversations that you have with the next person that you get together with and the kind of boundaries that you're going to have. I want to be with a person who's grown enough to have hard conversations, to look me in the eye and show me the respect and the dignity that I deserve. And um, yeah, breakups are hard, but it shouldn't come down the pipe like this. It's a fantastic place to start off. And Jed, I'd love to go to you here. Um, 
there when we have and this is actually true of every breakup uh, there are always extenuating circumstances sure it's it's very rarely someone uh sits down and says well no i've i feel fine um, yeah I've, I've i've gone for a nice run today um well rested plenty of plenty of roughage and uh i just hate your face yeah so i'm breaking up with you <laughs> um it's really it's always oh well there's something going on and it's the whole deal um, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. I think a part of the, it's not an unhealthy impulse from our friend here, but it's, it's an understandable one, but it's one that's not helpful. It's like, well, if they're going through some stuff, so like it kind of only half counted that I should get back in there. Right. I'm just not sure that's the path to happiness here. It's not. You've been broken up with, yeah. uh, and that sucks. And we're really, really sorry for it. Uh, you know, there's a, a wise saying, and that saying is when people tell you who they are, believe them. Yep. That, that, that's good wisdom, including when they say, I am no longer your significant other. Uh, uh, believe them when they say that. Uh, you, you have been broken up with. So you, and again, it sucks and we're sorry. There are two potential reasons for you to want to communicate with them that this was not a cool way to handle this. One is for your own sake, just, you know, the sense of I would feel better if I said, you know, hey, man, is not the way to be. Here's the thing that may be worth doing. I don't think you're going to get the return on it that you think you are. Right. Just, mm-hmm. just so you know, um, you know, there, there's something about, we, we all have those moments where we envision the perfect thing to say that, that zinger that was really just right. is going to, you know, you know, really the line good. is jerk store. Say again, the line right. is jerk store. <laughs> we were all thinking we it. All, we all want to Costanza it. We so yeah, and here's the thing that rarely ever has the payoff that you're that you think it will. I think it's actually worth noting because this is a kind of a cool case study. Glenn in the last question is talking about the importance of setting boundaries, and the thing about setting boundaries is that's for a relationship that is ongoing. For the sake of the future health and functionality of this relationship, I need to say something here because it needs to be different as we move forward. Right. Um, this wouldn't really be setting a boundary here because the relationship's over. It's just. It's just done. So you can, you can, you know, if you feel like it would really give you closure to text them back and say, just for future reference, that wasn't cool and you shouldn't do stuff like that, go for it. It will probably not yield what you think it will. Um, and you, you may want to ask, am I opening a big can of worms by doing that and inviting a lot of back and forth on something that's just going to wind up being hurtful and complicated? Probably. But here's the thing. We, we all have to go a certain number of rounds of trying to have the last word, discovering yeah, that it yeah, really yeah. didn't really didn't yield what we thought it would. So, you know, consider yourself warned. The other reason why you might uh, do that is you say, well, you know, I wouldn't want them to unknowingly treat other people that way in the future. And, you know, for the sake of future people, I should probably say something. Oh, they know. They Philanthropy. know. Philanthropy. That's that's the thing. They're 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 aware that this is uh, not a cool way to be. They've they've chosen to do it. And if you can dig it, that's actually what's really really bad about this is they know it's crappy behavior and they're choosing to do it anyway. This this is not born of ignorance. I think the key thing here is really what Lee said, which is you deserve someone who knows how to be. You deserve someone who knows how to to treat you. The challenge here is to let go of this old thing and get on a journey of finding a person that is worthy of you, that knows how to be, that's mature enough to be in this kind of relationship. Leave this one in the past and go ahead and move on. That's a really fantastic point. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to close out here. And let's, I'd like to get you to look at kind of two points. One is in the idea of this, you do deserve better than this, Mm. but we can mitigate that in the sense of, well, I don't want to be like judging someone who's going through a hard time. 
Right. But it's not really the hard time they're going through that makes you deserve better than this. Right. It's the them breaking up with you. That's right. So yes. that's, it, it, I think we can get into like, well, you know, if they have their struggles, I don't want to like be the type of person who runs on some of the struggles. Right. So what's going on here? You're running on a person who broke up with you. That's yeah. right. That's kind of important. Yeah. I mean, we can look in, in doing an autopsy on this thing and say, obviously there's a lack of good communication going on. If somebody's breaking up with you by text. There's clearly a problem. Uh, and that may be a two-way problem. Who knows? And uh, certainly, um, I, I think there are a lot of problems. A, a lot of people in relationships having problems tell us, should I just say nothing? Would that be the best thing I could possibly do, sure. just to say nothing? I've dug a nice hole. Yeah. If I just shove my head in it, will everything fix itself? Right. So so they, the solution for problems in relationship is not talking somehow. I don't yes. know how that works. But, but but then when the relationship is over, the question is always the same. Should I lash myself to the railing of this sinking ship? Would that be the best thing I could do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to go down. It's going to take me with it into a bottomless pit of despair. But should I hold on? Wouldn't that be the most Christian thing? And the I... most romantic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so there's a reason why uh, Uncle Glenn's first principle of dating relationships is this. You deserve to be with someone who is 100% sure they want to be with you right now. If they aren't, sure. I don't mean like, eh, maybe we I mean, sure, and they're sure now. They're, they're, they might be sure later. That's, they could have been sure last week. Doesn't matter. If they're sure now, maybe. If they're not sure right now, you're broke up. It's yep. over. Yeah. The, cr- the plane has crashed into the mountain. And we're not <laughs> going to try and glue the plane back together and fly up <laughs> out of here because it's over. And that's what Jed was talking about is you know, recognizing when, we, we, when it is over. And, and grabbing some acceptance on that, because that's the, that's the toughest part, is it's just, you know, it, it, in, to our brains, the emotional reality is, how do you be so close to somebody, and then something changes, right. and then all of a sudden it's like we're strangers, and we don't know each other, and um, how does that work out? You know, what, 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 you know how do we organize that in our head? Uh, but we have to be uh, prepared to move on in those situations. Uh, it, it, part of what you're dealing with here is that there were, you had a relationship that didn't have good communication, and therefore you can't be understanding about it. And that can drive you nuts, and I appreciate that, and I respect that. But it's about accepting that it's over and, ex- and living with the mystery of what the heck was that, uh, but committing yourself in the next relationship to have a lot more open and honest communication and making it clear to that other person, you know, the last person I was with broke up with me over text. If you do that, uh, uh, bad things will happen to you. Uh, but also, <laughs> um, um, I don't want to be in the kind of relationship. I mean, that, that's rude that they would break up with me through text. But I don't want to be in a relationship where someone would not communicate something and just it would get that far down mm-hmm. and it would be handled in that way. I want more open and honest communication. And it's a great point. I would close this out by pointing out something that uh, Glenn talks about a lot when it comes to uh, breakup stuff, which is that 
uh, no matter what happens next, Relationship 1.0 is full and truly dead. Right. Um, we're not saying you won't get back together. People get back together all the time. It's often a terrible idea, yes. but they do it. Not saying you can't be friends. Sometimes people are friends with their exes. It's often a terrible idea, but they do it. But the key thing of making that work, as opposed to being just a flaming wreckage of uh, kind of emotional despair, is you have to l- acknowledge that the first thing is dead, yeah. and then resurrect another thing totally separate from that. If you no. end up dating again, dating relationship two should not be a continuation of dating relationship That's one. That's right. Because dating right. relationship one kind of sucked. Right. Uh, friendship cannot be just, well, we took dating and we scaled it back 25%. You can be friendly and cordial and all that stuff, but... That's going to be an entirely different setup. You can't roll the momentum from this thing into that. And the other, the other thing on this, and I was talking to somebody about this just the other day, is um, one of the biggest temptations that leads people to uh, do weird um, going to somebody's house with the boombox type things. <laughs> it's a very 80s reference, but I think it holds up. Yeah. People don't know the movie, but they've seen the clip in like YouTube right, videos right, and right. stuff. Is that idea of, okay, we broke up, and most often they broke up with me. Right. But I still have all these feelings. Right. And certainly, feel, as, you, as Glenn pointed out, feelings this strong must mean something. Mm. When what they mean is you got surprised, broke up with. Right, yeah. right, right. So right. this other person has been thinking about this for a while, probably. That's exactly right. So they got that's, the chance right. to taper those feelings right on right, down. Right, 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 right. It kind of got dropped on you. Yeah. So it actually makes a lot of sense that you would have a pretty much the same amount of feelings you had yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean anything other than you didn't get a chance to shift your gear. And Jeff, one, right. on one more quick thing. You know, one of the things that you can do when you experience crappy behavior that can really redeem and turn something good is to be reminded of how you are not going to do in the future. Because mm-hmm. here's right. one of the things that happens is maybe you date somebody and you go, you know what, I'm just not feeling it with this guy. And, you know, we, we need to move on. And that thought occurs to you, you know. I could have a really unpleasant conversation where we sit down and I tell them, yeah, it's not really working, so let's move on. Or maybe a nice certified letter, a nice text message, and well, we're done with that. Right. And in that moment, because that thought will occur to you, and in that moment, you can say, ah, yes, but I remember how wildly uncool it is to be on the receiving (laughs) end of that. So I'm not going to do that to someone else. This is why the world's best bosses have had the world's worst bosses previously. We can actually learn from misbehavior and become better people for it. That's a fantastic point. All right. If you have a question for us, Say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We will remind you that The Bridge Worship is still available on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere you get music. We're going to take out with some Christmas music this week. This is Lee with his take on a awesome old Christmas song called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Say that podcast, the only podcast you'll ever need to listen to. Forever and ever, one of us. (laughs) 